Hello, and welcome to the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement's podcast, Wonks at Work. I'm Craig Wilson, your host, a self-declared wonk, dad of two boys, native Arkansan, and I've been the health policy director at the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement for more than a decade. On this show, we aim to demystify, boil down, and unwonk, if you will, complex topics so that you can understand how the healthcare system is working or not working for you. This is our 39th episode, and today we're going to be talking about health equity. And I want to just do some level setting up front here. There are a lot of definitions of health equity, but the one that has always resonated with me is from the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. And they say that health equity means that everyone has a fair and just opportunity to be as healthy as possible. Health equity is a goal that requires removing obstacles to health, such as poverty, discrimination, and lack of access to jobs with fair pay, quality education, housing, safe environments, healthcare, and all of the things, right? Now, one of the ways that we measure whether we are moving toward health equity is by measuring health disparities, which is the kind of the size of the gap between advantaged and disadvantaged groups. And here's an example of that. There is a nearly 20 year difference in average life expectancy between two zip codes just in the city of Little Rock that are only a 12 minute drive from each other. And that's an enormous disparity that has multiple causes that need identification, investigation, and an investment for change in order to reduce that disparity and move toward the goal of health equity. So here to talk with us about this and more is Derek Lewis, who wears many, many hats, but the two I'm gonna mention here are the regional executive director for region five for the National Medical Association, which is a region that includes the Arkansas Medical, Dental and Pharmaceutical Association and president of the Derek Lewis Foundation. And he earned his bachelor's degree in finance from the University of Central Arkansas and has a master's in business administration from the University of Phoenix. Thanks so much, Derek, for joining us and welcome to the show. Excited to be here. All right. So before we get to the more serious stuff, and I'm, I know you like to be unserious sometimes, <laughs> I, I want to know what keeps you busy when you're not working. Man, uh, I'm outside today. Um, you're going to be shocked about this. It's I love to garden. I love to garden. Really? Uh, about to, yeah. About to plant me some collard greens and some kale and uh, yes. some cantaloupe and sweet basil. <laughs> that's my therapy. Your, your therapy. That, that's, a, that's a good, that's a good uh, uh, way to go about it there. I wish I could do that. I, I live in an area where there are too many animals to get to what I would want to plant. And I would end up with nothing. Uh, I, I understand. And, and I, I, I love my wife, but I think she buys plants just to kill them. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. My, my wife leaves all the inside and outside plants to me. So uh, <laughs> it's my thing. That and so I garden to cook, though. Cooking is my, my yeah. other thing, obviously, at times. So uh, I love to cook. Uh, I'm not going to show you, but I got three grills out here. Um, <sighs> so. Yeah, well, I, I do love to cook myself, but I have to admit, I, I really ruined a meal last night that I was cooking all day and um, we had to throw it out. It was very unfortunate. 
<laughs> Trial and error. That's what cooking yeah, is about. That's right. That's right. So uh, I asked this of all of our wonky guests. And what would you say is your theme song? Hmm, theme song. All I do is win. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I don't mean that really in a selfish way. It's uh, it's really about the work. How how can the work that we do, uh, in the as you said, the many hats. How can everybody win? And sort of what yeah. we're doing. And that that comes through that health equity theme that that we're talking about today. Good, one, good frame of mind to have too, right? Um, so first, tell us uh, a little bit about the different hats you wear, and what led you away from finance and down the path you're going down now. Yeah. Uh, so I, all of it is in the health. In the well, I'm gonna say all of it's mostly what I do now is in the equity space, whether it's uh, on the health side or. Well, the philanthropic side is still equity for me. And so it's a lot of overlap in what I do. Uh, but my career did start out in finance. Uh, I was a broker for Merrill Lynch and Charles Schwab for a number of years. And uh, I, I've seen, you know, early uh, 2000s and, and, you know, 2008, you know, total. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so started to transition back, uh, doing some work with my dad, who's a physician in Little Rock. And and ironically, it sort of just, you know, it was nothing planned for, it just sort of took off in some other areas uh, on the health equity side. Yeah. Um, but the foundation, um, you know, is really about health equity. We we started out really small, just doing health fairs with churches. And yeah. and that led to one thing. And and uh, and then on the uh, more of the consulting role that I play with these very other various organizations, still about health equities. You know, my I think my superpower is connecting. People figure out, well, he knows somebody that knows somebody. Um, and so I, I think I get invited to a lot of these committees because I know Craig Wilson. <laughs> we can get a step closer to Craig, right? <laughs> right. But um, it, it really is about equity. But the space, obviously, is, you know, where where I have the, dug deep in the trenches, really, on the healthcare side. So tell me, tell me a little bit more about the National Medical Association and in particular, the, the Arkansas Medical Dental Pharmaceutical. Yeah. So what's pretty cool about this. So uh, the National Medical Association is 128 years old this year, yeah. which is primary Afro-American physicians across the globe. Um, obviously, 128 years ago, talking about equity, uh, those physicians could not uh, join the AMA, yeah. uh, the, the American uh, Medical Association. And yeah. so uh, they formed their own association. Ironically, uh, the state chapter, uh, which is AMDPA, Arkansas Medical Dental Pharmaceutical Association, they're celebrating their 130th year. Oh, wow. And so actually this year, uh, so there'll be a big gala in, in uh, April, but uh, the difference between the two, it is the state association under the umbrella of NMA. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the state association, they house pharmacy, pharmacists and dentists at the state level. Okay. Uh, that's, that's a little different than than most other states. Okay. Uh, but same thing, obviously, 130 years ago, yeah. those, those African-American providers could not join the state associations, yeah. so they came together. That's good. And, and I know I'm 
pretty sure that that the state association, the Arkansas Medical Society, and the AMDPA certainly work together yeah. Uh, yeah. fairly well here in the state. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think we can do better, and that that's not a yeah. mark to them. That is, I think that work has to be intentional, though, um, sure. as we work on things. Yeah, absolutely. So, tell us some about some of the current projects that those organizations are working on in the health sure. space, both both with the association and the the foundation. Sure. Um, I mean, it's easy to talk about COVID because that's what we, you know, that's what we've been yeah. bogged down in for the last. Really last couple of years and so obviously you know recently it's about but I, I, not that we'll get away from COVID but you know mental health is gonna is a big yeah. issue uh you know even in the provider community you know suicide rate is 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 going up in the provider community in the last couple of years so uh you know diabetes and stroke when we talk particularly talk about the south man uh yeah. and you've heard me talk about this in other other places um when we think about Arkansas and, and really the south you know, hypertension, stroke, and diabetes, you know, the South is generally in the top five, you know, yeah. Arkansas, Louisiana, you know, Mississippi and Alabama gives us some help every so often, but I mean, we're generally in the top two or three. And, and then overall health, you know, we're still bottom tier, you know, 45 to 50. Um, yeah. And so that's why it's important to work on these issues, particularly in the health equity space. And obviously, you know, you've got to focus on the disparities that leads to better equity, but uh, and so uh, my role really is to arm our, our providers with resources. Um, I do quite a bit of continuing education. So there was a conference in the spring. Yeah. Uh, there's a national conference in the summer. Um, but generally, I'm working on, you know, a big HIV project uh, uh, for the state or for the, the state association, AMDPA, uh, where we're really trying to improve outreach and education, thinking about those uh underserved populations in that space um, that are traditionally um, uh, uh, looked upon and frowned upon uh, yeah. because, of, because of the disease state. Um, so HIV, mental health uh, are the two big ones in the, in the state. The third one I'd add really to the state level um, is one of the parts we're working on increasing the number of uh, African-American pharmacists in the state. Yeah. So we're actually working on that project. Nationally, you know, it's it, it generally mirror a lot of that. Obviously, it's a bigger tent yeah. uh, at the national level, but a lot of that is generally going to be the same. So you mentioned some of the greatest health disparities, and particularly for Arkansas. But what are some of those contributing factors that lead to those health disparities? Yeah, for Arkansas's rural um, um, and probably, uh, you know, in terms of income, one of the uh, poorer state than many other states. So you combine rural and poor, and, um, and that that that's a big triggering factor. And so when you think about these things, so trans, you know, rural transportation getting to access to providers is one. Um, you know, you know, economics is you know follow the money, you'll follow you follow the disease state in any any this or, um, and so I think those two from an Arkansas standpoint are are huge. So access, economics, um, probably education too is just really thinking through um, how how we work smarter uh, in terms of health and wellness as a whole. Um, I think is is the, the probably the thing that's been glaring COVID really exposed though is things like broadband. I mean, yeah, uh, you think about um, you know where where we're trying to go with healthcare. 
um, and, you know, telemedicine and those things. But if you can't, if you can't get on the internet in a rural part of the state, I mean, I mean, that's an access issue. Yeah. Yeah. And disproportionately affecting people in, in rural areas and marginalized. Right. Certainly. right. So in thinking about some of those things, what about the, what can the healthcare sector itself do to advance health equity? You work with a lot of providers um, and I know there are a lot of contributing factors outside of the healthcare space, but what can those healthcare providers do to, to advance health equity? It's, you know, it's, it's almost a, a double-edged sword. You want providers spending the most time with patients as they can. Uh, the problem with that is, is generally their head is in under the hood working on those patients and you really need them to be in, to have uh, some portion of time in the health advocacy space. Um, I think it's, it's, it's going to be one uh, where there are policies that impact their patients and their scope of work, really. Um, and you know this and the other stuff that we do, that scope of work is a, is a big piece. Yeah. You know, reimbursements and things like that working. So it's, to me, it's working on policy, practice, and the people uh, that really has to, has to be the, uh, I think, a formula for our providers. The, the key is, but when you have a, uh, a shortage in these providers, particularly in, you know, spaces like primary care, uh, family medicine, that's, that's, that's really hard uh, for them to do uh, at times. But I, re- I remember you saying uh, when I heard you speak, I guess this has been six, eight months ago in Magnolia, um, that, you, that your dad had patients that were driving from Northeast Arkansas to see him. Yeah. Over, yeah. over 200 miles just to, to come see yeah. him. Yeah. Well, you think about it, particularly in those rural areas uh, with the hospital closing in many of these parts of the state, um, uh, particularly when you get into the Delta, either going to Memphis, which is across state lines, um, uh, or they're coming to Little Rock, um, which is, you know, it's a good thing in terms of, you know, he he has a lot of, he has a good patient panel, uh, (laughs) uh, but, but that's really due to the shortage of providers. And that, that's not just PCP, that's pharmacists, that's dentists yeah. in those areas where you just don't have the, uh, the, the numbers uh, in those areas. And they're passing up providers who may not look like them to go to a provider. That right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you put in that factor uh, to me uh, where, mo- you know, a lot of patients want to want to go to places that are uh, see providers that do look like them. And yeah. unfortunately... Uh, you don't have that, but shout out to those providers, you know, I know, you know, Susan Ward Jones and Sharia yeah. Willis, but those folks, they, uh, obviously, you know, central Arkansas has a lot of resources, but I'm, I'm absolutely amazed what folks like those, uh, Susan, Dr. Ward Jones is doing in, in some of those areas, uh, uh, in the community helps, uh, space. It's, it really is, um, uh, a, a really a, a foundational piece for, for, for those communities. The work yeah. Doing. It's going to be critical that we find the, the next Susan Ward Jones, right? right. Make sure right. That when she's ready to, to give it all up that there's somebody else who can backfill for the services right. that she provides to those populations. Right. Right. So are, are you seeing any new and promising practices to reduce health inequities that you guys are doing from a project standpoint or, Otherwise, in the policy space, yeah, I think in terms of provider, I hadn't saw honestly 
man, five to 10 years, a new practice that is open, like a, uh, a, a solo practice, particularly in the primary care space. And so what, what you're seeing is the systems, um, probably shouldn't name the systems on here, but the systems of ours obviously are, um, are going in and, and collaborating or purchasing these practices. And I think that's sort of been the trend. Um, it probably behooves though these independent practices to look at uh, what we call uh, uh, clinics without walls and really, and that, to me, it's almost like the ACO model in a sense, but really these yeah, collaborative practices. Just for our yeah. listeners, don't know yeah. what ACO Yeah, uh, where, you know, this fee, Fee for service, uh, fee for service model is probably a dying thing in value based care, which would assure savings option. And that's probably way too complicated for uh, for some. But but that model really is allowing um, practices to think about not not uh, quantity, but really the quality of medicine. Uh, the fee for service, you're really just you know you're on a treadmill. But I think the value case value value. Uh, based care model really allows uh, to think through uh, from a health equity standpoint, these disparities, uh, which CMS is really trying to work on, I think, as a whole. So to me, that's probably the, that's the biggest, but, you know, saying that that's a, that's a payment model though. Yeah. So (laughs) it's not, uh, and not, not that it's new, but I think it's driving, I think it's, it's designed to drive outcomes. Yeah. And then investing, both separately and through the healthcare space and those contributing factors and figuring out, you know, what's going on with an individual, um, maybe outside of their, their health. Right. That is the other, yeah. And I think the other thing I just mentioned is just, just quickly is collaborative medicine um, is the other thing where particularly in spaces, uh, particularly in rural spaces where you can bring together, you know, a, a pharmacist, a community health worker, social worker, yeah. um, you know, mental health, if you can bring those folks together in some type of collaborative agreement uh, where there's really, I call it the circle of care, uh, intentional circle of care. I think that's an attractive, I know uh, uh, UMS is with the health and wellness clinic they got on 12th street. That's sort of the model that they're looking at. Um, But I I think that's probably going to be a more, uh, as we trend forward, you're going to see a lot more of that. Yeah. And certainly for those frontier providers out there that are working long hours and yeah. they're, they're relied upon whether they're in the clinic or not. They probably right. get passed at the grocery store to right. say, I've got this going on with me. And yeah. <laughs> I need You're seeing a lot of these young providers though, honestly, um, they don't want that life. And what you're seeing is they're going back and getting MBAs and, and really thinking through more of the C-suite track versus, you know, those long hours and, and, and clinic. I mean, we see it even when, uh, our clinics are precepting uh, with students coming through uh, for med students, PAs, uh, and nursing. So, yeah. So, I got one final question for you. If there were one piece of advice that you would give to someone wanting to get involved in the work that you do, what would that be? Well, uh, one, uh, <laughs> call me. There's plenty of work to do <laughs> if you want. Uh, Honestly, I think you start where you are. Uh, for me, uh, particularly folks that are that are in this space, I think uh, it's being very intentional about doing the work. Like I, the work that you're doing on the side, uh, not the side, but the work that you do over at ACI and the work that I do over with the PA, 
I think really being intentional about bringing those that work together, I think we can be able to do more um, and, and adding the community piece uh, to it, um, I think is uh, uh, very helpful, sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it'd be very helpful is to have that community voice uh, to this. And so whether you're working with uh, within your, you know, your own practice, whether you're working at uh, the community level or system level, I think is really key. But bringing all those voices together, I think is the, to me, the, the magic bullet. But getting us together and on one accord is the, is the challenge because sometimes in our working in our silos, we've created our, our individual's agenda, which sometimes uh, pushes up against each other. But I don't know if that answered, but if, if I had that answer, uh, probably wouldn't be on the podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I'm you probably can, back in New Orleans still. You can, still, you can frame uh, it up one way, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. right. uh, Winning, right? Winning right. for winning for the people who you're, you're trying to represent. So right, right. Getting that win is going to be good. But thank you, thank you so much, Derek, for joining us. We really appreciate it, and then uh, glad to glad to have you on, and and glad yeah. to make this time. Uh, this is this is not a paid commercial right here, but uh, thank you for the work that you guys uh, you're doing and your team. Uh, uh, we lean obviously a lot of us lean on you guys a lot for for the work that you're doing. We appreciate you, appreciate you as well. Thank you, Derek. I appreciate it, and uh, we'll keep working together. All right, talk soon. Thank you for listening to Wonks at Work. You can listen to our biweekly podcast on our website. ACHI.net. A special thanks to the Bobby L. Roberts Library of Arkansas History and Art, which is a part of the Central Arkansas Library System, for allowing us to use their studio to record. If you have any topics you would like for us to consider, please email us at ACHI at ACHI.net. As a reminder, the views, information, and opinions expressed by our podcast guests are solely those of the guests and do not necessarily represent those of the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement. The primary purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. The podcast does not constitute medical, legal, or other professional advice or services. We hope you've enjoyed our latest episode. And again, thanks for listening.